Xbox, not satisfied with its current offerings on Xbox Game Pass, has decided to bring marijuana and hot bitch posters to the service later this month. In more fake news, this is Nuclear Grenade Podcast. Welcome to Nuclear Grenade Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Land. With me, as always, is Havoc, a.k.a. Hey-ho. How you doing? Hey-ho. My day is going well. And how's your day going, my old friend? Doing pretty good. Getting getting, getting up, out and about this morning. Um, that sounds so healthy. Know, yeah, barely. I drove. <laughs> I drive like twice a month. <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah. So you want to start us off uh, with any games you've been playing? Sure. Uh, so the reason why we did not have an episode last week, I have to apologize. Oh, yeah. The fault was on my end. Uh, as you might know, I'm at my parents' condo right now, and the internet is not the best here. Uh, a lightning storm happened, knocked out the connection. And so I played Fallout Shelter on my tablet uh, a lot uh, during that this last week. Um, and that's been out for a while now, I think since 2015. Yeah, mm. yeah. Like every couple of years, I pick it up, and it's a resource management um, strategy simulation game where you have to manage a vault. You start off with a, a few dwellers, and you have to assign them into different rooms that you build. Like, uh, you know, you need power to run your vault, and so you mm-hmm. assign dwellers there. Dwellers specifically with the strength attribute. Uh, and then you have to get water and food and you breed them. You, you can breed them. Yeah. And uh, it's, um, I don't know, it's just a really fun game. You, you can send uh, your dwellers out on quests. You can uh, have them learn and uh, increase their special attributes. So you can actually like fully max out your characters. And it's a fun min maxing um, game to play on your mobile tab, you know, cell phone or tablet or whatever. And that's really got me past this last week uh, without internet. Yeah, I'd say without internet, I mean, and especially like a game uh, for a mobile game, it's not really that bad, to be honest. Uh, especially like the monetization stuff, you can continuously play. Like I, my problem is like with a lot of the mobile games where they have like you have to have this amount of power, energy, and it's like I'm not gonna play this five times throughout the day so well what's interesting is like i pick this game up like once every couple years and play it like pretty hard and Mm -hmm. this time like i've played it so much in the past like i really knew what i was doing and so like i've been able to pace myself with the nuka colas which allow you to uh complete quests faster and do stuff like that um how to ration those out and you you know for best use um, so like I've, I've actually been able to sit down and play it for hours on end without running out of stuff to do. And mm-hmm. for anyone who hasn't played fallout shelter, like you get these dwellers, uh, you can upgrade them with gear and weapons to increase their armor or any special attribute and how much damage they output. And then you can send them out into the wasteland and they go out and they collect a bunch of shit for you. Uh, money, uh, more guns, more armor blueprints, uh, for crafting stuff. Um, you know, for anyone who's a fan of simulation games and resource management games, uh, and you haven't for some reason heard of Fallout Shelter or have played it, 
Um, oh, and I forgot to mention it's made by Bethesda. It might be actually the last good Bethesda game that came out. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played Fallout 76, so I can't really talk shit. Uh, I know a lot of people. I heard like it's this. getting better. Yeah, I hear it's getting better too. And we've talked about this in the past where I think sometimes the um, expectations are so high that there's no way, like, the fans are going to be happy with a game, especially with a game like Fallout or Elder Scrolls. Well, I'm not going to be happy until I get New Vegas 2 or something like that, you know, yeah. maybe do it in California. Like, where do we know for sure where the sixth one's taking place? Have they said that yet? No, I'm not positive about that, actually. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so Fallout Shelter. Yep. And then I uh, the costumes were kind of cool. They had like quite a bit of costumes and shit. Yeah, you know, um, armors you can build. Yeah, there's like cool ones that you can build, um, like the Brotherhood of Steel armor, and there's also like spy. Gear. There's like ninja gear. There's all sorts of different types of gears. Um, really, what you assign is, uh, you know, what kind of special attribute it gives a buff to. So, is there any leather daddy gear? Just, like, leather, daddy. leather daddy in the like breeding quarters <laughs> <laughs> permanently leather straps spandex or whatever i know they called. have like a sexuality stat or something like that or charisma charisma boost their breeding or something yeah so yeah it just gives you like plus eight charisma dude it's got yeah. a little cot piece i don't know hanging off. i don't know why but like i <laughs> always you get these legendary characters and fallout shelter and they come with like really high special stats and I always feel like, oh, okay, I should breed this guy or this girl because, you know, the offspring mm. should have better stats, but they never do. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, I would give Fallout Shelter probably like in 7.5 out of 10 if I had to rate it out of 10. Mm. 10 being the best. On a mobile game scale? On a mobile game scale. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about that one? No, um, so I played, let me check, um, so I, I played a few games, but uh, uh, Madden 22, I, you get the, a 10 hour trial with Game Pass, um, Xbox Game Pass, so I, I did the 10 hour trial on that, <clears throat> played through the face of the franchise, and man, it's so funny, like those games are so funny, dude. This is a AAA game made by EA. It's probably one of the number one selling games every single year, year after year. And I'm playing it, and it plays like fucking Euro Junk. Mm. Fucking, like it plays like a B tier game. Like the physics and stuff, the bugs are just like insane. Um, the yeah, the gameplay just it feels regressed, step backwards. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, that that franchise continues to like give me so much joy just laughing at <laughs> how bad they can like which should be a simple game, you know? You you it's a cash cow, put some money into it. I do not like you're basically just copying pasting too. So I don't know how they're making it worse, but they're figuring it out, man, which props to them. You know? Yeah. It's like taking like a perfectly baked cake, you know, they find, and then they're like yeah, you know, this is a perfectly baked cake, perfect tasting. But mm. what if we add dog shit to it? Huh? Uh, that might somehow be even better. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how about some rusty nails? What does that 
sprinkle in a little asbestos yeah. while we're at it. I don't know what uh, it is with sports uh, games, but like, and I haven't played, or I don't know what Man 22 like, but I cannot stand the character animations. They always look so stupid to me. They're stupid fucking blank faces. Like they come yeah. out and they're like jumping around, waving their arms, but their face is just like weird and NPC like. You don't even have that problem in Madden because you never see them with their helmets off, basically. Like you're always wearing the helmet and they That's still. That's a benefit. Like the physics are just janky. Like I had multiple times where I would not, I'd be running and like I was like, uh, you know, it's like these aren't online matches either. Like I'm just playing face the franchise single player and I go and I'm running through this gap and then it'll just glitch out and then it'll teleport my guy like five feet to the right and get him stuck on a defender tackled. And oh, you're like, yeah. what the fuck? You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not like once or twice, multiple times. And then, of course, there's always you don't mind the goofy stuff where you see like ridiculous shit happen, like with the some of the character animations going wonky. Gumby style. That, yeah, but like, I mean, the amount is hilarious. And then, like, I saw one a video. This doesn't happen to me, but I saw a video where a guy he goes, he gets a uh, uh, a pick six that was going for a touchdown, and then the game like blinks out for a second, and then the ball is just in the middle of the field, <laughs> and all the players on the field are circling it, trying to grab it. But it's like not a real object, and then. Finally, it becomes a real object, and uh, his team lands on it and grabs it, and then it counts a touchdown for the other team. Nice. (laughs) AI wins. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The announcers are the same as, like, the last three years, basically, for what they're saying, Um, which I would be fine with if you would add on to it more, you know? Like, you start with the base game, you keep that, and then you do the same amount of work, and just add that on top, you know? Yeah. You know, they're compressed audio files. Like, how much of the game is that really taking up? You didn't really get to dive into the um, player progression system too, too much. Because now you, it seems like it's reductive, and you have, like, five points you can put into, like, these five different stats. Um, you gain overall much faster as well, it feels like. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I like that. I don't know... If, if it's step forward, I like more stats. I like more things to tailor. I, I want the stats to be broken up into far more individual type things, like agility separate from speed, and you know, um, you know, things of that nature. You know, strength, uh, arm strength, medium accuracy, like all these things more separated. And that way, you can tailor your character exactly how you want. Mm-hmm. So this is more of like, yeah, you don't have a, a lot of ways to go with the character progression. They did add a uh, linebacker position. It's like one defensive position you can play and face the franchise now, which is awesome. Like, I love playing as a defender, and I like... I prefer my sports fantasies to be, like, a little more on the realism spectrum. You know, sometimes you want to be the quarterback that's going out there as a rookie and automatically dominating, but sometimes it's cool to play just as a defender and you start off and you get maybe a couple sacks and then you start becoming just like a beast. Mm-hmm. So that's cool, but it's only what like, I mean, it's still a huge step back from like the 2014, 2013 Maddens where you could literally do face to the franchise as any character. Yeah. 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 And it's like, this is nothing, you know, this doesn't take a lot of work. 
Well, yeah, well, what do you think about this theory? Okay, so when you have a series that's been ongoing as long as Madden has been, um, you know, when they first write write up the game, you know, the very first Madden and then the subsequent ones, uh, you know, it, it's original code. But somewhere along the line, like, people just start copying too much. It's like, okay, let's take so much out of this previous Madden, put it into this new Madden, and now they're not... They have programmers that don't really program, you know, it's like having a pilot of a plane that just turns on autopilot and never actually flies a goddamn plane, yeah. you know, and so um, originality, Maybe. like they don't have fresh code, they don't have fresh stuff going into the game anymore, it's just rehashed and maybe tampered with a little bit, reorganized a little bit. Um, I don't know, I, I kind of disagree with that just because okay. these problems have been... And, and just because I don't, you're not, I don't think nearly as involved with any of the sports gaming communities, mm-hmm. but the list of issues are well known. I mean, what people want in the game have been known for years and years because they were stuff that were originally in the game that have been taken out. That's like the most frustrating part is, you know, many of the things that people want were just already there. And now, like, I understand you build up something. This is what always happens. You build up something good, and then you ride that positive uh, feedback and love and praise of people, the positive attitude towards you. You ride that into the ground, you know, extracting as much cash from that good faith as you can mm-hmm. until it turns to bad faith. Yeah. It sucks, but I understand that. What I don't understand is, like, at this point, though, then you reboot it, you know? Then you're like, no, we're coming back. We're going to build a good Madden. And then you do that. And then you get good faith again. And then you can ride that into a ground all over again. But I don't understand. I, mean, I, I Copy the whole fucking game. I don't give a shit. Just add on to the base foundations as you have. Well, and do I, it at a quicker pace. You're EA. You can afford hundreds and hundreds of people to work on this shit and still make tons of profit. Yeah. Well, I think from a practical uh side of it like if you don't rewrite the code ever you know you start getting uh complacent with with the code you know i I talk about john carmack every once in a while and one of the principles that they had at id software in the early days was that they never reused code even if they built a similar game they rewrote it from scratch and they took what they learned from the last game and wrote it fresh you know, instead of like tweaking this and tweaking that, because when you do that, you end up with this uh, spaghetti code. It's really hard to manage, especially if you're, you know, not the one who made the changes. Yeah. You know, well, but- they'll do a new game or not game, but they'll do like a new Madden engine every couple of years. And that's and it's supposed to be like when that new year comes out, the game plays a little better. They fix like the physics and stuff. They've made that stuff better. And then they add on to their back some of the stuff they take it away every time. Uh, but you can't you can't write original code for a game that comes out every single year. Yeah, you're probably right. There would definitely yeah. be boilerplate. Just like, the games are hollow. Yeah, the, the games are just hollow and water depth, like shallow, like mud puddle depth games is the real issue. I, mean, I, I don't even like hate the way it plays. Like I think. Uh, it's it's decent. It's it can be fun when it's actually working, but uh, they just need to add way more depth to the modes that people actually play. But they put all their money into Mutt, which 
you know, with those kind of, uh, when you do those kind of card packs and box loot boxes type of monetization, mm -hmm. then you don't need very much of the player base. You really only need a small percentage of people that spend a lot of money. That's how a lot of that works out, which is, explains why a lot of times the prices are so high for what are essentially nothing code they've written one time a couple of years ago, and it's just there. So, you know, that in it, so they catering this game, like all the money gets poured into this for this tiny little portion of people who spend a shit ton of money, how, even though the vast majority of people that buy Madden play face of the franchise and franchise. I see. Yeah. Well, it sucks, but I don't see it getting any better until uh, EA. Hopefully, the they lose the license next year, and Two K can make one because they were both good when they had competition. And ESPN football from Two K was hands down the best one. You had an apartment that you could trick out and upgrade stuff with the money that you got as a player, and like that's nice. It felt like a real story growing from like rookie to. <clears throat> Yeah. You go to the training grounds and shit. A pro progression yeah. mechanic. Yeah. 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 Nice. And that was 20 years ago, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've talked about it before, but kind of the same thing happened with uh, the Elder Scrolls series. You know, from Morrowind to Skyrim. You know, Morrowind was uh, way more complicated and in-depth. Like, the, the crafting system. Like, you could craft the most ridiculous shit. Uh, and then spells. you get the, Yeah, and spells. And in Skyrim, it's like you can do one one thousandth of what you used to be able to do in Morrowind. It's almost like the games have gotten worse in a way with time. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, I understand you have to sacrifice some some in depth mechanics to make a more universally appealing game and make systems that, you know, you can't have something that's as complicated as Football Manager play as a 3d game like fifa because football manager even though it has almost no graphics you know utilizes a lot of your cpu because there's so many numbers going crunching you know so there's that type of uh, resource usage as well mm -hmm. but um you know i don't know i i just i i think there's a better balance that games aren't striking nowadays and maybe it's just creative directors don't understand or they're out of touch or something yeah, yeah. Well, not to get into too much of the <laughs> um, psychology of it, but yeah. Um, well, anything else about Madden? Nope. It's same as last year, maybe a little worse. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. Um, so the next game that I have, uh, there's two free Epic games this week. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is um, Autumn Chef. Have you heard about this one, Justin? No. <clears throat> I mean, I saw the when I got it on Epic, I saw the little thing, but I don't know about it. No. Yeah, it's a resource management game where what you have to do is you get a grid system layout of a kitchen and you have to place down structures to automate the kitchen so you don't need people. <clears throat> it's all robots. And mm -hmm. you're tasked with um, doing it under cost, you know, under budget. Um, yeah. within uh, so much power parameters like um, ideally you won't use too much power to power the whole thing um, yeah. so th there's a bunch of different um, 
objectives that you have to kind of meet. And there's a campaign. There's different modes. Like one's kind of a free for all mode. There's a campaign mode where you there's a natural progression uh, where you know you complete the first kitchen and that's kind of like the tutorial kitchen. Then you go on to the next one. You unlock uh, some. Uh, like conveyor belts or you know uh, grappling arms that reach down and grab something and bring it over there and put it over there um, and you it's a strategy game it's a resource management strategy game and uh, it's not for the faint of heart some of the biggest complaints about it is that <clears throat> it's complicated and the the tutorial isn't great that's kind of been the universal complaint about the game so if you go into it, you know, uh, go into it knowing that there's going to be a learning curve, uh, at least at a certain point, it starts getting complex because you have to start automating like, okay, uh, you need to cut the French fries, you need to automate it so it goes into the, the, the oil, fryer. the fryer, <clears throat> then you have to automate it to go into its fry cup sleeve, then up to the counter, it, it has to be registered for, you know, so like, mm. it gets pretty complicated. And for the big brains? It's for the big brains. And, mm-hmm. like, I guess the developers had in mind that the tutorial would be playing the game. Uh, but, ki- mm-hmm. you know, kind of the problem with that is, uh, you know, you're not sure what you're doing and you're spending money and buying different things that you might not necessarily need right away. It's uh, developers, Hermes Interactive, publisher, Team 17 Digital. Mostly positive Hermes. Reviews. Hermes. Mostly positive reviews out of 350. Came out July 23rd, 2019. Um, and that's pretty much all I got on that one. That's all I got to say about that. Yes, I'm not a smart man. But I know what love is. Um, well, the other epic game this week is um, Saints Row, uh, the third remastered. And it's pretty much the same thing as the one that came out a decade ago, 2011. It's the same thing, uh, it's just they did an aesthetic overhaul on it. Um, so the graphics look a little bit better, there's a little bit better lighting, some of the special effects look a little bit better. Um, How does it look, though, overall? It looks better, you know, it, it still doesn't look like a modern day game. Mm-hmm. Um, it still kind of like, looks... kind of janky? That's the problem, they always leave them janky. No, they, they, they didn't fuck with any of the gameplay or the control stuff. Like, it's all the same thing from 2011. Doesn't... Well, that's what I mean. I guess 2011's maybe not old enough, but I know sometimes when they're doing those, it's like, maybe change the gameplay to a little more standard, modern uh, feel without changing the core of it. it. It's a classic game, and it holds up pretty well. Uh, I think it's got mixed uh, reviews on Steam. But I think that's just because it's it's an aging game, you know. It came out in 2011. It's kind of a um, Grand Theft Auto clone. I, I think the first Saints Row was actually like an actual GTA clone. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they just went wackier and wackier and wackier. Yeah, they had to which, yeah. establish some kind of brand separate from yeah. GTA. But it's, it's funny because they're like, we're the goofy, wacky version, and then. GTA is like, but we're like actually a satire, or uh, we're in a satire on American culture throughout different generations. So you're the goofy, wacky <laughs> version of a satire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I am looking now. It did get mixed reviews on Steam. Um, 
So that's kind of unfortunate, you know. Uh, it looks like a fun game. I never played it. I remember when it came out, like it was a huge deal. And um, I, I did research on it before coming on to the podcast today. And it looks like a fun game. Like, I might try it. It just looks like a game that if you like Grand Theft Auto, but you're burned out of Grand Theft Auto, uh, it's something else for you to try. That's like Grand Theft Auto, but different yeah. enough. I think, too, with that one, um, I think 3, I might be wrong here, but I believe 3 was when they first started being wacky. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, did you hear about the uh, reboot, by the way? They're doing a Saints Row reboot. No, I haven't heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks... Uh, I mean, it doesn't look like anything really yet, but uh, I don't know. I could see it being cool. I'm interested to see how much they tone down the gross-out, edgy, wacko humor for the current climate. Uh, was it really that also, bad? It was pretty bad. I think, like, one, maybe in four, you're, like, chasing down a guy and beating him to death with the dildo, and the guy's wearing, like, S&M gear. And, <laughs> yeah, there's, like, a bunch of, you know, wacky, you know, crazy stuff going on in those games. Uh, and then there's the game that we both played. Mm-hmm. It was Humankind. Uh, came out. Uh, it was on day one. Xbox Game Pass, which is where I played it. Same here. I guess first things first, it's definitely trying to be competition to civilization. Mm-hmm. It's very similar on a surface level. It's 4X where you play civilization throughout a few thousand years. So... Very, very similar on the outside of the box. It's once you start getting the systems that things really start changing. I guess the big one is instead of picking a civilization that you stay throughout time, you know, you start in the Neolithic era and when you go to the ancient era, then you pick between like eight or ten civilizations there that have different starting stats and yada yada. And then you move on to the next era once you've earned enough fame and stars and then you choose a different set of civilizations which creates and then uh, the other thing to add too is that if you choose a new one you get a permanent bonus uh, that lasts with your civilization they stack as you go throughout the uh, gain more civilizations you get more of those stacks of permanent boosts Mm -hmm. or you could stay the same civilization from the start and you gain a 10% boost to fame every time you do that uh but it leads to very interesting uh ways to beat the the game uh, and creating really cool unique styles of play Uh, i'm sure there's going to be a meta Um, i've already kind of seen some things that i thought were just flat out stronger than others uh which is another thing too it's having all this free choice um you know allowing you to really Uh, play with how your civilization develops through every section of the game also is going to be hard to balance um, of course so I've already seen it where like uh, starting out if you go agriculture or influence it's really strong and then you go into industry is pretty powerful so there's definitely cool where you can kind of change your focus from one area to the next work on things that you're weak at or just go I'm picking every technology sieve every single time in a row and just really aim towards one uh, strategy or victory type. 
Yeah. Uh, what'd you uh, What'd you think with your initial thoughts of it? Yeah. Uh, my very initial thought was, "Wow, this is a lot like Civ Six. <laughs> yeah. um, with the districts yeah 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 and uh i thought i, I like the changes that they made and like you've said in the past it's good to have competition you know something that's similar but tries to do it better you know and uh it, it's good that you know there is that for civ 6 some competition some backboard Absolutely. some soundboard to push off against um i like how you start off where you have to like kind of hunt animals and you know increase mm -hmm. your fame you know that's really cool. yeah and, and instead of just plopping down a city like you do in civ yeah. 6 so they are temp attempting to do a better version of civ 6. um i'm not gonna say they give you that balance there just real quick they give you that interesting balance with the neolithic era because you can stay in the era after you get one star to try to get all three stars um for a more fame boost in the beginning and you, it's kind of a balance reward because it's like I want to plot my city down as soon as possible to start earning um, influence and other things. But I also might want to explore more for that even better spot to put my uh, thing down. Whereas in Civ, if you end up in an era and you're like, oh, this is a shitty starting spot, restart. Mm -hmm. so, but anyway, that could you. Oh, yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, and another thing with that too, like if you don't progress to the next era soon enough, um, it's possible that one of your opponents will take the culture that yeah, you really needed. Um, so there is a benefit to trying to rush uh, through it, the, but there's a balance. You know, you, you kind of you got kind of way of where you're at, and it should be different a little bit. You know, uh, a little bit different every time you play. And I like it. I, I think there's a lot of potential to to this game. Um, I'm not gonna stop playing Civ Six to play it though. <laughs> Uh, to play humankind, uh, not yet. Anyway, uh, I'm not convinced, but I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna see if my wife would like to play it, and that might be a good like husband-wife type of game to play. She and I already enjoy Civ Six together, um, but we get burned out of that, you know, because I always go military and science, and she always goes culture and religion, and we always end up like. 10 turns away from the other one winning it's always really <laughs> close actually um nice. but like it gets repetitive you know and uh so humankind can kind of be a break from that but yeah i don't know there's certain things that i flat out think it does better than civ 6 which i'll say is for one the speed the pacing of the game i think is a lot better mm. i mean i have intricate nitpicks uh, that I would change in parts of it. But overall, I feel like late game goes by so much faster. Even if I have half the world conquered, it the, the speed of play at the end game is so much quicker because things are more slightly more automated and you're not dealing with workers, a billion workers on automate. You know, you're basically just controlling your units if they're automated or stationed, and then your cities when they uh, you know, build something. But normally I have things on a queue, so I'm not getting stopped that much. Uh, and it seemed like, yeah, things were just much quicker. Um, the world on huge is quite large. Yeah, so I mean, just not having workers and things, as much things to micromanage makes the game a lot faster, in my opinion. I think military's pretty strong, and that's the part where it slows down a lot. 
is the the battling because you have the battles within the battle overworld map and you can automate them but you're always going to be at a disadvantage because when you're fighting the stronger AIs of course your human brain is what gives you the advantage at the tactics so there's some problems there but overall I said the pacing at endgame is a lot faster uh, than Civ which I enjoy yeah, I um, one of the first things I always do when I uh, play a 4X game is I go in and I uh, see if there's an option to change the animation speed. And so yeah. I actually did that in Humankind where I, I think I went to speed of 2 or 3. So the like when you click on unit to go somewhere or do combat, it's a bit quicker. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting there watching animations all night. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I always play with normal at first, but then, ap- yeah, I think probably at like a few hours in or 10 hours, I definitely went in into that as well. I also like the way the cities look as they grow. Looks so much more natural than uh, Civ Six, mm-hmm. And they kind of spread out and uh, they look really good. It's kind of got more Civ Five graphics with Civ Six gameplay. That's fair. I think that's that's a good uh, comparison there. Yeah. Another problem I have, which is tied to the uh, pacing, is that with the technology the way it is now, where one of the end game triggers is getting all of the technologies, well, a lot of the best units and the funnest things that you want to play with are towards the very end of the tree. And the way science ramps up in the final era with the things you unlock means that technology is actually almost being researched faster. So you get almost no time. And I would say this is true through a lot of the eras in general, is that you don't get as much time playing a normal speed with the units that you're unlocking. And maybe even to the point that you have enough time to play with them at all or even build them um, as you progress through the era. But... You know, that's like a nitpick that they could they could probably fix and balance or just have the option to turn on, say, well, you can already turn that win thing off, but then also have maybe a permanent technology unlock the way Civ 6 does, what all civilizations had, where it was like future tech, and it would just, in, if you had it in this game, increase your fame or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would appreciate, because, yeah, you know, you... You want to use the nukes in the game are fucking awesome. <laughs> like, these are not civilization nukes, my friend. These are real deal Hollyfield nukes. Man, these fuckers annihilate the city you drop it on, and everything in that territory is dead. <laughs> it is a dead tile. It is awesome. It's, yeah, it's exactly what you want nukes to do in these games. And you can destroy the whole world. You can, like, if you do, like, if you get, like, the pollution stuff ramped up, you could totally just kill all life on Earth. Uh, which is interesting. They don't do enough with pollution, and they certainly don't give you enough tools to fight it. So really, your only means of fighting it is to not build as much manufacturing. Uh, I haven't had it, it be a real problem. I usually finish the game building as much manufacturing as I want and I win the game before we get to a point where it it would ever get beyond level one so I don't know what the levels are but I do think that that's cool that you can do that I also believe that they should 
take a harder look at that. Maybe in future uh, expansions, because I mean, Civ Six sucked. Civ Five sucked until the expansions came out. So I'll give the same thing to Humankind. Uh, I played through two full games and I had a bunch of restarts in there as well. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed what it is. It's a great base game. It's a great, yeah, it's a great, great base. Uh, oh, another problem too, I'll touch on real quick, is it's the exact same thing that Civilization had, where religion is basically pointless at first, you know? So I'd imagine, uh, and, the, and the culture's not well explained either, uh, the influence of culture. So I'd say if they do a new expansion, uh, or a few of them, one of them has to target religion and culture really specifically, and hopefully they address some of the pacing issues while still keeping that really fun level of speed uh, that you have going on. You know, I'd say overall, the whole game plays pretty quick. So where it stands now, how would you compare it to Civ Six? Like, what would you, if you were to invite a friend to play a game, would you invite mm-hmm. him to play Civ Six or Humankind right now? Well, right now, Six. If we're comparing base games, I'd say maybe Humankind's actually the better base game. And they've also been able to learn from Civ Six because clearly there's a huge influence there. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, right now Civ, Civ Six, uh, no, no brainer. However, it's a very strong start. And they add a little more on to this, put a little meat on those bones. It's going to be absolute great competition. And I did have a lot of fun with uh, my time in it. All right, uh, so let's move on to the news. And this is uh, from PC Gamer. Indie dev leaves industry indefinitely thanks to exploitation, Steam's refund policy. <laughs> uh, uh, so this story brings up an interesting uh, uh, dilemma, I think. A horror indie dev developer has stepped away from games development indefinitely because Steam's two-hour refund led to high number of returns on their latest game. Solo developer Amika Games released the psychological thriller Summer of 58 at the end of July, receiving mostly positive reviews on Steam. But as they tweeted in a statement this week, the game's short length has led to high number of refunds being processed, leaving Amika out of pocket. Uh, the fact is that my game, Summer 58, does not reach two hours of playing time by Steam standards, the statement reads. In this regard, a huge number of re- uh, returns on the game, even with positive reviews, and I do not earn anything to create a new game. It's proven disheartening situation for Amika, who said they would be leaving game development for indefinite time to collect their thoughts. So, I don't know. This To me, this is interesting. I, I think you gotta have a good couple hours to see if a game's fucking broken or not. I probably, if I had had to pay for Madden, I'd probably be like, oh, I'm returning this. So, but I also think there could be exceptions where if your game is under $10 or $5 or if it, let's say there's not, it's not even tied to price. Let's say if your, if your game is under two hours, then you should be able to put a tag on there that says, uh, not, uh, not returnable if played, you know, at all, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, change the amount of time. Not returnable after half an hour. Something. Mm-hmm. Next up, we got uh, this one is cool to me. Hey, I didn't much care, but uh, Skate is coming to PC for the first time indefinitely. 
this is a report from PCGamesN.com. Skate series coming to PC at long last. The in-development Skate 4 or Skate Reboot. Uh, they're not sure what, uh, what it ac- actually is, but those are what we're calling it. As it seems to be referred to by EA, has finally been confirmed as coming to PC, bringing 14 years, snip, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's confirmed. The, the new skate game they're working on will be a PC game. Which I don't know. I love. I love skateboarding games. There has been enough of them. It seems like maybe there's a little bit of a resurgence lately, in the fact that us PC gamers, you know, the chosen ones, the ones with the big wrinkly brains, we get included finally in the fun to live out all our fantasies of being sweet ass skateboarders. Yeah, skateboard games aren't just for PlayStation players anymore. Yeah, nerds. Yeah. We're coming here to kick flip over you nerds. Sega Dreamcast? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Carry, don't carry your lunch tray around me. I'll smack it to the ground, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, uh, this one I also th- found uh, interesting just because I'm a big uh, I'm a big management gamer, but Park Beyond is a new theme park management game with impossible roller coasters. This was announced at Gamescom or shown there. It's a Bandai Namco game, though, which is interesting for a management game. I'm not familiar with very much of their uh, ties to any sort of management games before, but it looks really cool. It's going to come out next year, and that's another genre that we've actually seen uh, a lot of competition coming into recently is these old-school games like uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon, the medical theme park, whatever that one was called, theme hospital. Yeah. Uh, right. So we're getting a lot of uh, throwbacks to those, and I can never get enough of them. Especially because Planet Coaster was more like a lot of these games have been aimed at the other type of gamer that loved Roller Coaster Tycoon, for instance. Uh, where like Planet Coaster is the amazing game for people that just want to make these beautiful, in-depth, awesome parks and design intricate, beautiful uh, roller coasters. And not hardly any of them are for the nerds like me who just want to run a park and do the financials and have stats on all my staff and you know go more into uh, that side of things. Yeah, um, definitely. Which is disappointing to me, but... You know, it's cool that, you know, maybe this is the one. Maybe this will have both. Well, you and I were, are pretty much the same age. And wasn't the first Roller Coaster Tycoon that came out while we were in, what, like middle school, sixth grade, something like that? Middle school, maybe even earlier. Mm. I don't even think I played it until, like, the second one came out. Yeah, I remember seeing it in uh, EGM. Uh, the magazine, the video game magazine. And I, I, I always saw Roller Coaster Tycoon ads. I'd be like, I really want to play this. This looks so fucking good. And, uh, like, the only game I played that was like that up to that point was uh, Westwood Studios Command and Conquer games. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was kind of like yeah. that. But, yeah. So, yeah, that game's called Park Beyond. Park Beyond. Something to keep an eye out for the management nerds in the house. Yeah. Uh, Crusader Kings 3, an amazing game. I did, like, half an hour talk on it a couple weeks ago, uh, is coming to the consoles. And if you look at one screenshot of this game, you're like, how? <laughs> how could you play this on a console? Mm-hmm. So 
that is awesome for console players. Uh, hopefully they've created some unique, ingenious way to make this flow, you know, well for a controller. That's hard, um, man. Yeah. That, like, I, I, was wondering how, yeah. I was wondering how they did that with Civ 6. Brooke was wanting to get Civ 6 for, like, uh, the Nintendo Switch. I was like, mm-hmm. why don't you just play it on PC? Like, I don't even know how it makes sense to play a game like that on console. Like, there's just some games that I don't think... like Switch has touchscreens, though, too, right? Uh, I don't know. I could go grab it. Probably. Yeah. I think it's a touchscreen, too. So, if that's the case, then it's pretty easy to probably move the map with the map, like left hand and then maybe touch the screen sometimes to click if you want to click a city I, or a specific unit. I guess if you're playing on the screen, but if you have it like ported into the TV and you're playing with a controller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah then it, like, I don't know then how you you're play. just unit you unit cycling or city cycling, they probably have a button and then you cycle through. Oh. And it's like that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like I don't think yeah. there's a practical way to play like a real-time strategy game or a game like Civ 6 with a controller. Or maybe they just bring up the whole screen on on the TV, and then you use the uh, controls to just click the motion stuff. Control, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be really difficult. That's a difficult challenge. I don't know how they would do that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's a huge UI challenge, yes. and uh, I mean I love their games, and so I'm rooting for them, and I'm rooting for your console nerds to be able to get that. That'd be sick. You know, an actual like crazy in-depth game. They usually don't come to consoles. No, they don't. Whenever I play a console game, I always feel like I'm playing like sixty percent of the actual game, and the actual like rest of the forty percent is on PC. Like, <laughs> I don't know. PC. I don't know. It's kind of like, but I kind of feel that way playing Madden because the they have like two versions right now, and like the most upgraded. One is only for PS5 and Xbox X or whatever they call it. Mm. Yeah, so the PC gets the older version that the consoles get. Have you seen how much those PS5s cost? Yeah, they're insane. Yeah, well, you can't even get one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's about a thousand bucks. It's about the average price. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, just buy a computer. What the fuck? Well, I've even wanted to get a PS4 just to play some old games that I missed, uh, but even those aren't like dumb cheap like they should be by now. Yeah, well, there's a, I, the last time I went on a ROM spree was probably 15 years ago, but I bet you there's some really good ROM websites nowadays where you can just like go download like Final Fantasy VII or whatever and just play yeah. it with a controller on your PC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've done some of those. So... Anyways, uh, this one is cool. We're, so we're shitting on EA earlier for their bullshit Madden, but <laughs> EA is making five accessibility technology patents free uh, and available to anyone. Nice. Including Apex Legends ping system can now be used by anyone without cost or re- uh, repercussions. What's the ping system? I don't know, they hit a button, you can kind of ping an area on the map, so other people know what you're talking about, I guess. I'd imagine. Oh! When you said accessibility technology, I thought you meant for, like, handicapped people. Well, in a way, that could probably help. Say you can't speak or something. You're, like, deaf. Having these pings show up on a map that you can see Mm. and not have to hear. 
Okay, gotcha. That makes more sense. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, I don't know how, like, that's cool. I guess it's their patent, but I don't see how that's any different than, say, you know, League of Legends, how they had ping system on the map. But Maybe they kept that code private, like they didn't release yeah, it. Yeah, well, I'm sure they did. I mean, I'm sure this works different because it's actually 3D game um, versus, you know, top-down. But anyways, EA is making five patents available. Uh, in an announcement today uh, is making a patents pledge promising to make them uh, all free without repercussions. And they said... Where's the statement that I read? Uh, at, Electronics, at Electronic Arts, our mission is to inspire the world to play. Chris Bruzo, EA, EA EVP of Positive Play Commercial and Marketing. Oh, God. We can only make that a reality if our video games are accessible to all players. Our accessibility team has long been committed to breaking down barriers within our video games. But we realize that to do drive meaningful change, we need to work together as an industry to do better for our players. Oh we my hope god. Developers will make the most <laughs> the most of these patents and encourage those who have the resources, innovations, and creativity to do as we have done by making their own pledge that puts accessibility first. We welcome collaboration with others on how we make this industry move forward together. Oh! And the crowd goes wild. Hip hip hooray. What a man. What a man. So this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I see zero downsides to it other than just their disgusting self congratulatory Congratulatory blowjobs. <laughs> exactly. How good am I? I can suck my own dick. How great is that? <laughs> and I like, too, they have to throw in that jab where it's like, so if anyone else wants to give up some free patents, you know, that'd be cool, too. <laughs> that we, maybe, maybe if Activision would give some, then we could use those and you could use ours. That'd be cool. You know, I'm just saying. Just think it's spitballing here. Uh, Maybe. I mean, we're doing such a great thing. It'd be cool if other people were great, too. But, you know, you're not great. You're not great. We're not forcing you. We're just saying, though, if you were great like us, you would, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like how you wrap that up. Be that was a clean wrap-up. That was very believable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was very good. It's, yeah, I don't know, ridiculous. But, again, that's cool. And I hope, I do hope other People do that, you know. Throw in some accessibility. Let uh, let these one-armed gamers have a shot, baby. You know what these dudes have to play with their feet. You know. Yeah. Well, accessibility is the future for sure. You know, um, in programming, like I learn all the time about like how to program and accessibility things, so people who are blind can navigate web pages and stuff like that. This a little minor thing, but I just want to bring it up because I thought this game looks really, really cool, and we haven't mentioned it at all. But uh, Black Myth Wukong uh, switches to Unreal Engine 5, so they're upgrading their engine um, ahead of release. And it'll support 4K, 60, blah, 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 ray tracing. Um, so that's interesting Like that they have a game that's mostly worked out, and then they're upgrading the engine like that to a new one. So maybe they're just going from, yeah, they're just going from 4 to 5. So there must be a lot of tools to help make that um, achievable, huh? Yeah, some kind of uh, yeah, uh, 
porting tool or something, or maybe it's just not that different. Just some yeah. uh, uh, syntax. Yeah, maybe just yeah, it gives you a little better. So, but that's cool. In this game, uh, I, I had hey ho look at the trailer before. I saw it a few weeks ago. I've been jumping on the hype train, but the uh, the Black Myth Wukong trailer looks awesome. The game fucking looks cool, dude. Kind of looks like a Dark Souls, but you have the Chinese. Uh, maybe it's Japanese. I'm not actually. I think it's Chinese though. I think the, it's Chinese. Um, Goku Wukong myth, um, which is awesome. You know, you so you're the monkey god out here battling other gods and fucking monsters i'm all about it interesting concept i've never been huge into the 3d or uh, not 3d the the third person hack and slash style mm-hmm. uh, not really my style well should never give it a chance probably should maybe i should maybe i should but yeah i, I think i've talked about it on here before but i just love you know culture Video games that do cultures that I'm not super, super familiar with. They should make a game about North Korea. Yeah. I think the last one that was kind of in that same um, vein, or I mean the Chinese one, was like Jade Empire. Mm. Remember that one? Yeah, I never got into it, though. Oh, yeah, I loved it. It was awesome, but pretty cool. You're like, seeing like Chinese gods and stuff, it's just cool. It's like, I know the Greek ones. I'm very familiar with the Roman ones and the Norse ones now. Yeah, so to see those is cool. Uh, okay, uh, apparently Epic offered $200 million to get PlayStation exclusives onto PC. While this news has been around since May, a lot of documents and information surfaced during the span of 21 days. Which a new report from Verge, which recaps most of the interesting exhibits during the trial, shared a lot of interesting things from both parties. So, oh, so this is stuff being pulled out because of the legal battle of Apple and Epic. So this comes out like so. I guess they it was not accepted, um, but that's very interesting, man. That they're throwing out like we talked. You know, a few weeks ago, how much money they're losing and expect to lose by 2025 with this venture. We talk every week about the free games they give us. Uh, and then to see them also trying to splash around 200 milli to get exclusives from PlayStation, which are games I really want to play. Like, I want to play God of War. I want to play Spider-Man. 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 <laughs> I want to play it. Yeah. Last of Us 2. I want to play it. Yeah, Epic's a ballsy company, man. Like, the route that they're taking. Yeah, gotta give it to them. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's all the news we wanted to cover. Did you have uh, anything to add here towards the end? Hey, huh? Uh, not really. Um, yeah, uh, everything's cool, man. Uh, got a baby on the way. And nice. so I'll have someone to finally play video games with me. Finally a friend you can tell all your dead baby jokes to. Yeah. <laughs> hey, son, come here. I got a joke for you. <laughs> how long does it take to microwave a baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah plus you could do like cool things like you you could like, just like work out with the baby and see how many times you can lift the baby like in a row dude yeah. or balance it on your head you're like, whoa, whoa, like how long can I balance a baby <laughs> I'm sure my wife will love that yeah, dude, she she don't have to know about it. Yeah, weird, man. It's gonna be crazy. 
That's gonna be like having a little monkey crawl, yeah, crawling dude. all over the place. Hell yeah. And just like a monkey, it'll try to rip your face and genitals off. <laughs> <laughs> Bite my nose off while I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Bite your fingers off one by one. Crazy monkey. All right. That's the show. Do all that stuff all those other creators tell you to do. And thanks for watching New Kirk and Nate podcast. Have a great week. And we will not miss next week unless Hey Ho gets struck by lightning again. <laughs>